we call the students forward and we pray over them and we pray over the educators, but um, rather than just having that tacked onto the service, we really wanted to make that the focus for today. So what we've done is we've asked three communicators to come up and to speak a little bit about the people that are involved in this grand educational project that we engage in each year. So Miss Stephanie Hilbert is going to be coming in just a, in just a minute, and she's going to be talking. Uh, she's an educator in Bullitt County, and so she's going to be talking about the, the, the issues and some of the concerns and the struggles and, and the difficulties that educators face um, and, and how our faith impacts that. And so she's going to share about that, and then we're going to call forward the prayer team and all of our educators, uh, preschool, school teachers, uh, bus monitors, whatever you do, if you're engaged in that uh, project, then we want you to come forward and, and be prayed for. Then after that, Greg Hilbert's going to come and share about uh, parents and the struggles that parents face. And the same thing for any parents that would like prayer, we'll call them forward. And then finally, Pastor Matt is going to come forward and speak about our students and some of the concerns that they face. And then I'll come close everything out. So just kind of wanted to give you guys a, a roadmap of where we're going for today. It won't be a long service. We're going to keep it short because we know we've got all the kids in here and attention spans are short. And then we're going to conclude at the end of service with water baptism. We have a couple of our students that have requested to be baptized. And we thought, what better way to start your school year uh, than by symbolizing your new life with water baptism. So at this time, uh, Stephanie's going to come and share uh, about educators and faith. Thank you. Um, I am an instructional tutor in the Bullitt County uh, education system, and I work at, a, at an elementary school. So I just wanted to, before we pray for educators and all support staff, I just wanted to share for a moment um, about the education process. Um, and education, you know, at all levels, whether it's administration to teachers to assistants to support staff and many other support functions, they are all working together to teach the whole child the whole child. And so it's not just segmented into reading and math and science and social studies. It is the, it's the whole child. And, and that's a collaboration by many to help improve each child's, not only their cognitive ability, but their physical, their social, and emotional development. And so the goal of public schools and the goal of Christian schools and the goal of every school should be to build community within the classroom and within the schools so that each child feels known, that each child feels safe and valued. And so um, we want to help students believe in their ability to achieve. That's our goal as educators. We want to help them believe in themselves and their ability to achieve. And so from this foundation of everyone collaborating and working together, children can learn and grow and thrive. But if you were to ask educators today, what are some of the pressures they face? You may hear things like classroom management or budget cuts, um, classroom size, new standards, standards always changing and evolving, um, workload, planning time, testing. Testing is big. And, you know, their own feelings that can arise sometimes of discouragement or defeat. Those are real things that educators face. And, and so there are many different dynamics and factors that educators must work through. And so balancing these different needs uh, of students is challenging because every student is different. Every student learns differently. And so we have to develop those relationships with the students so that we can see that what may work for one 
doesn't necessarily work for the other. So it is, it is balancing many different things. And so, and more and more, there has become a greater need for uh, more in-depth training in trauma. And, and so we're receiving training in trauma, in uh, social and emotional supports, because students have very real things that are going on in their lives outside of school. And it absolutely will impact and affect how they learn and develop in school. So we need to be that positive influence in our schools. And thank God for every disciple of Jesus that is shining the love of Jesus to children in our schools. You know, Romans 12, 7 says this, If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. And see, I, I think Jesus as our example. He was our model. And he made himself of no reputation, and he took on the form of a servant. So that is our example in education, that we serve and we teach. They go hand in hand. When love, we serve children. Jesus was known by his compassion. So when he taught, he taught through his compassion in action. And so every bit of patience, our smiles, our talks, our genuine interest to, to listen, our concern, our nurturing and our encouragement, our faith and our love is what makes a difference in each and every student's life. And so, you know, sometimes we don't always realize the long-range impact that we may have in education on a child. And I just want to share real quick about a high school English teacher that did not realize the impact that he had on my life. Um, it, my senior year, fourth period English, I had an English teacher that um, there were ever, the students in that class, they, were, they had their priorities straight. But that was a time in my life where my priorities were not straight. And I can remember uh, him giving, you know, he was hard on us. He expected a lot of, out of us, but he developed those relationships with us. And that he had given this pretty um, test that was pretty weighty. It required a lot of points. And you were to take a poem and really dissect it out what you thought the hidden meanings were. And I really poured myself into this test and then the very next day, I didn't show up for school. I'm just being, I'm being real. I'm being honest. You know, I had a lot of things going on in my life outside of school. And so a friend of mine came home and told me, she said, I just had to tell you what happened today while you were not in school. And so uh, she said that he was sharing about the results of the test. And he used my test as an example, said that it was his best work. Well, of course, some of those that were around stated the obvious that, well, well, look, she's not even here today. And so there was snide comments that was made very vocally about how that I didn't care and that I was a slacker. And that teacher, Mr. Wren, defended me. And he said, you know what, she wasn't here today and I'm going to talk to her about that. He said, but you know, I can look around and I can see the ones that are going to figure it out and that are going to make it. And she is one of them. And I can tell you right now that to say that that influenced my life was an understatement because I couldn't even believe how that he defended me when I didn't deserve it, I wasn't there, but that he saw value in me when I was struggling. And that stuck with me and actually helped give me the courage to join the military when even some that was around me didn't think that I could make it and that had said things how they didn't think I could make it. And that gave me the courage to take those next steps. And I did begin to figure it out. You know, I did begin to realize 
and see the value in myself. And, you know, I had the opportunity 20 years later because he was the type of teacher that came to our high school reunion 20 years later, and I shook his hand and told him how much that that impacted my life, and he had no idea. And so I just want to applaud, and we want to pray for our educators because they are making an impact every day in the lives of students and children. And they, they may not even realize how much that just, you know, just a pat on the back and a smile every day and a, a listening ear can affect someone that may not have that at home. And so at this time, I would like to call forth everybody that is involved in any way in the education process, um, whether you're in administration and support staff, uh, bus monitor, custodian, um, would you please come forward so we and the prayer team come forward at this time so that we can pray over our, our children and pray over our educators um, as they are going to teach the children and so that we can have a great year. You know, Psalms 32, 8 says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And you know, that's great to know as educators and support staff that as we are teaching others that the Lord is continually teaching us and he is counseling us. And we need that strength. And we need that counsel from the Lord to strengthen us for the, the demands that education uh, places upon us every day. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we just pray for our educators, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for our educators at all levels, from the administration to the teachers to the support staff, every single person that greets students, that spends time with students and children, God. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would give them your grace, Father Lord, to meet the demands that they will face on a daily basis, God. We thank you, Father Lord, that it is you that gives us the grace and the ability to serve these children with love. And Lord, we pray right now also, Father God, for, for all the schools to develop that sense of community, Father Lord, that there would be a spirit of unity and that educators and it would feel that support, Father Lord. We pray that you would grant us wisdom, Father God, from you, Lord, so that we can meet the demands, Lord, that we can recognize and be able to discern these needs in students, Lord, and that you would give us the tools and the knowledge that we need to meet those demands. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for your strength and your endurance, Lord, that even times, Lord, when we are discouraged, Father, when we will rely on you, that you will lift up our spirits and help us know that, that even even the smallest thing does not go unnoticed by you. And so, Lord, we just pray for that endurance, Father. We thank you for wisdom, Lord. We thank you for the gift of learning, God. And, Lord, that you will lead us and counsel us, Lord, as we go forward and teach and help and shape to mold these children and shape their future, God. Lord, help us know, Lord, that sometimes we don't, may not realize the impact, Lord, that we have on the students, Lord God, but it can go with them far beyond the school year that we are in. And so, Lord, we just place, Father Lord, our hearts in your hands. Lord, help us be led by love.
Lord God, not by our comfort, Lord, because there will be things that are out of our comfort zone, but Lord, may we be led by love. And as long as love is guiding us, Lord, then we can show your love and shine your light to so many children that need to see it, need to feel it, and need to experience it. And God, we just give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for leading educators in every single day, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, amen. 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 Praise God. It's going to take a moment. It won't be long, but I just want to talk about a few things as parents. Um, First, I want to talk about, uh, we'll talk about three things. The first thing, of course, I want to talk about is God. As early of an age as possible, pray with your children. Read the Word with them. Worship with your kids. Encourage them with the Word of God. Share the truth of God's Word. Don't just tell them something is sin or it's wrong, but explain why and show them in Scripture. Amen? Dads, this is a big one. Lead your family. Be faithful to the house of God. Be an example to your kids. Your kids are listening and watching even when you don't realize it. Be real with your kids because life is tough. And be honest with your kids. The second thing I want to touch on is love. Making sure that your kids know that you love them more than anyone on this planet. And I can't emphasize that enough from a young age. They're going to hear things at school. They're going to have people who make fun of them for various reasons, silly reasons. They're going to hear things. They're going to, they're going to see things, and they're going to question those things. But they need to, the one thing they need to not question is the love that you have for them. They need to know how much they mean to you and that you have their best interest at heart at all times, no matter if it's a big or a small thing. Amen? Praise them when they've done something right. Don't just tell them when they've done something wrong or they irritate you. Amen? Love them through their mistakes. Be there for them. Give them tough love when they need it. Amen? You're their parent. I'm, their, I'm, I'm a parent. <clears throat> Make sure they know that you believe in them and that you support them in their hopes and their dreams, but more than their success, you want the will of God for their life. Amen? And thirdly, a big one is communication. can't stress that enough. You are their parent first before you're their friend. A lot of people get that backwards. <laughs> they want to be their kid's friend first and then their parent. From as er- again, as an early of an age as possible, make sure you have an open line of communication. Place a great emphasis on honesty and being trustworthy making sure, again, that they know you are for them in all areas of their life. Make sure that they know that they can talk to you no matter what's going on. That's a tough one because a lot of times they think, oh, I can't talk to my parents. 
if they knew what I said or what I did or what I'm hearing or it's uncomfortable, make sure they know that they can talk to you. And no matter what mistakes they make, that they can come to you. If they're, in, if they're tempted, they can come to you. If they've said or done something wrong, they can come to you. That it's okay. They, might, they may get in trouble, right? They may, my, my kids know, you might, you're going to get in trouble. But if, I, if you lie about it, you're going to get in a whole lot more trouble. Amen? Again, from a young age, talk to them before the world does. Because the world's going to talk to them. Through music, through media, through the internet. Not just on the bus or at school. You know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. They're going to they're hear from the world. Whether it's sexual immorality, they see or hear, talk about the tough things again. I want to emphasize that again. Make sure they know that there are consequences for their actions, but that God loves them still and that you love them and will help them get through things that are tough as they grow and mature. Amen? I want to say, uh, if you're a parent or a grandparent, um, or maybe you had to step in and, and take the, the place of a father who wasn't there or or maybe just whatever the situation is, and you'd like to have prayer, we would love to pray for you if you'd come forward. I want to ask the prayer team to come as well. So all parents that, that would like to have prayer, and uh, we would encourage you to come up, and we'd love to pray with you. Amen. Being a parent is tough, amen? But it's such a rewarding thing. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite things to do. My favorite responsibilities is to be a father. I love it. It's such a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. As you come forward, remember, your kids are going to be coming forward in a little bit. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, I pray, Lord, this morning. For every parent, every grandparent, every leader in their home, God. Lord, teach us continually. Teach us by your word and by your spirit how to parent, how to lead and to guide and direct our children. God, so that as we sow good seed in the ground in them, God, that there'll be a great harvest. And God, that they'll sow seed into their children and their grandchildren, and so on and so forth from generation to generation, God, until you return, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for every parent, God. God, I ask you to give all of us wisdom. Give us discernment, Father God, spiritual discernment, Lord. God, lead us and guide us and direct us by your Holy Spirit, God, so that we think before we speak, God, that we would be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, as your word declares, Father, in James. God, I ask, Lord, that you would use us, God, as instruments, not just of discipline, God, because discipline is important, but, God, that you would use us as instruments of love and that we would walk in the fruits of the Spirit, Father, before our children. God, that we would be the example, the godly example of what a, a man or a woman of God or as a, as a mom and a dad, as a husband and a father, Lord, and as a wife and a mother, God, that we would lead them in your truth, Father. Help us, God. Help us, Father God. We, we, we ask you, you're the author and the finisher of our faith, God. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, God. I bless every family here. 
in this new school year, God, not only that you would protect our, our families and our children, God, but that you would use us, God, to make a difference in this world, Father, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I've been given the uh, opportunity to talk about uh, our school-age children from uh, younger years all the way up to the uh, knocking on the adulthood door there, um, and some of the struggles and challenges and uh, some of the experiences that they, they go through. And I, there really is not enough time to try to identify every single challenge or struggle or, or whatever you, you want to identify it as. Um, there's really not enough time to go through everything, but I can summarize a little bit. <clears throat> And I guess I can summarize it by this. The majority, if you categorize most of the struggles, um, there really is a, like a simple word to put it all under is pressure. Or another way to say it is there's expectation. Lots and lots of expectation off on our, our younger kids. And I do want to say I think it was awesome that we heard from educators and parents and how there's good wisdom and, and just incredible um, godly examples in there. And with our students, I'm going to list a couple of, of of these pressures or expectations that are on them, and, and none of which I'm, I'm saying is inherently by itself bad or wrong. It's just to give you an idea of just the amount of weight that does happen, that, that, that the students do happen to feel. So um, I'll start off with parents. It's great, you know, godly parents are fantastic, lots of expectations, and, that, and these expectations do help, um, as mentioned previously, to draw you forward and draw you uh, into greater places. Um, but there is, there's expectations there that uh, students will sometimes have to try to battle with and try to feel that out, and uh, how can they fulfill these expectations. Um, and then there's also from schools as well and academically, uh, how can we fulfill these expectations of doing the good grades and the homeworks, the projects, all of the details, all the stuff that comes with that. Um, and then the big one is social expectations. Now, I graduated from high school 12 years ago as a socially awkward person. And I thought it was bad then, but it has escalated just so much since then. Lots of social pressure. Social anxiety is through the roof across the board, especially with younger people today. Um, and there's, it, there's not one statistic that makes that happen. There, it's a whole sweeping amount of it, uh, of things that, that build up to that. Um, but there is a lot. And then yeah, some of our, our students are involved in extracurricular activities, whether it's sports or band or different things. There's expectations there. Um, and we've already mentioned the social stuff. And then there's even the expectation of your own self. You kind of ask the question, who am I? Where do I belong? You know, what am I supposed to do? There's all these expectations, all these pressures that they have on themselves that, that they're trying to sort through and figure all of this out. Um, and that can ultimately be pretty weighty on anybody, but especially are incredible younger humans, you know. It, it can be pretty weighty and trying to figure all of it out. And so they really do need the support of the parents, of the educators, and also of the church. And so one of the things that we have at our church that we say, and I love it, is to expect the best at all times. And so here, and I know Jonathan's going to come up in a minute and talk a little bit about uh, what we can do as a church, but I want to just kind of hit this little point here. This is an incredible place. And it can be even more so for our children if we can create a place where they can expect something 
right? They can expect the best. They can expect a, a place that is real, of, of adults that are, are real, that are honest, that they can look up to, uh, people that they can reach out to, a place where they can, they can wrestle with questions that they have in life or about their faith. They can, they can uh, search and journey together. And most importantly, and the, what ties it all together, is a place where they can expect to encounter the real God, a place where they can expect to see who Jesus is in a very real way, as, as a community of people. It's very important. It's, it's paramount in the home, and, and it's important in other places, but it is absolutely incredibly important as a community as well. They see a community of believers who will love them, support them, defend them, fight for them, and give themselves for them. So we're going to go ahead and ask all of our students to come. If you are in school, simply put, come on up front. We're going to pray because we could all use some more prayer. Prayer team as well. See, I know the, the, the halls at school are pretty crowded, so don't feel, you know, pressured to, that you can't bump shoulders with somebody. Right? Or we can also, you know, spread out a little bit. Almost got everybody. <laughs> That's an incredible group of people right there. <laughs> All right. All right, church, let's go ahead and pray for these incredible people, Lord. Jesus, we thank you and we love you. We thank you for, for entrusting us with this generation of people, Lord. We thank you for these... Uh, people who are studying and who are growing up, Lord. Lord, with all the pressures, all the expectations that are upon them, Lord, let them know that your yoke is easy, your burden is light, Lord. Let them be able to, to lean into your presence, into your calling, Lord, into this journey and this walk with you, Lord, that, where you do make uh, give us the power to withstand every expectation, every, every pressure that comes upon us, Lord, that even though we might be pressed, but we're not crushed, that we know that we're not abandoned, Lord. God, we ask for your goodness to flow. Let Give wisdom to every student, Lord, every person here. We ask for wisdom to be able to, to move through life in the way that we need to, Lord. And God, we ask that your presence is very well known to each and every student, Lord, that they know your presence. They know when you are speaking to them, Lord. They know the guidance and the direction that you call them in, Lord. We ask that you would silence all the noise that is negative and the noise that is going to hinder or, or deter them, Lord, and that you would raise the volume on, the, on the, your voice, Lord, that they, that they would hear you louder. They would hear the positive influences louder, Lord, and lean into that, Lord. Give them clarity. Give them wisdom. Let them know your love, Lord, in a way like they've never known it before. God, we love you and we thank you for these people, Lord. And may we be faithful to your call. In Jesus' name, amen. Students, don't leave yet. Um, Greg uh, over here is distributing some prayer claws. We want you to take those and you can place them in your lockers or in your bags, under your pillow, just somewhere that will remind you uh, that Spirit Life Church loves you 
we've anointed these cloths, we've prayed over them, and, uh, and just carry them with you to know that you're carrying our prayers with you as well. While they finish distributing those, I just want to talk to the church for just a minute about what we can do. A few, a few closing thoughts about our church body and the families represented therein. First, I want to point out, we are all one big family. And sometimes it's easy to think, you know, school doesn't affect me. My kids are grown. My kids are out of the house. Or my kids don't live nearby. So school isn't as big of a deal for me and for my family. But the point is, is that as a church, we are all one big family. We call each other brother and sister. And that means we are all one. It's an extended family. And yeah, there's a few crazy cousins in there as well. But we are all one family. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in the church. And so all I knew was that adults were called brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. And so when I went to kindergarten, one of the first things they had to teach me was that my teacher was not sister so-and-so. She was Miss so-and-so or Mrs. I forget my kindergarten teacher's name. But, but the point is, is that the church had shaped how I understand uh, what a family is and, and how I interact with the world. Children, if you've all received your prayer claws, you can have a seat now. I just didn't want you to leave before you got those. So school and, and the families that are part of our church, part of our body, the fact that they're involved in education, that affects everything we do. You know, every year, Pastor and I sit down and we, we try to plan out activities and we plan out uh, our services and, and series and all of that kind of stuff. And, and all of it revolves around this schedule, this school schedule, because we know that for those families that have children in school, that is the defining characteristic of their family life. And so we try to accommodate that. As a family, we can all support each other. When we bear each other's burdens, in doing so, none of us are overwhelmed. None of us are overcome. We know that we have a support group. We have people that are around us who are rooting for us, who are cheering for us, who are praying for us. I'll tell you, you know, there's a lot of times you hear uh, in, in the world, they say, you know, thoughts and prayers aren't enough. You know, it seems like whenever stuff comes up in the news and, 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 and people will say, well, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, these, these different groups of people that have suffered loss or have suffered tragedy, and people say thoughts and prayers aren't enough, but I'm here to tell you that that is a lie because I'm telling you when I've been in a rough time, just the simple fact that someone has contacted me and told me, hey, I love you, I'm praying for you, I'm pulling for you today, you don't even understand what kind of a difference that can make in someone's life. So I encourage you as a, as a church body, reach out to the children, reach out to the parents, reach out to the educators and let them know, I'm praying for you, I'm pulling for you, I'm supporting you today because you don't know what they've been facing that day and it could have been very difficult. The second thing we want to think about is the fact that we can impact young people's lives in a way that parents cannot. You know, studies have shown that, that children who grow in their faith and who stay committed to their faith into their adulthood, it is because they had five relationships that were investing in, in them. And I don't know if you guys can do the math, but if, if you've got a mom and a dad, that leaves at least three empty slots, sometimes more. You know, there are some children that have come and gone through our 
children's church and through our youth group, and they didn't even have mom and dad that were really supporting their, their growth in faith. So they didn't have three empty slots, they had five. That's where we step in, that's where we fill uh, those, uh, those gaps. We have a chance to invest in these families and invest in young people by speaking life and speaking wisdom into their lives. For many of you, I've tried to be that person. I've tried to, to teach your children. I've tried to teach your, your high school students and, and those sorts of things. And, and now that Pastor Matt's taken over, he's doing the same thing. He's investing in, in my son. He's investing in Benjamin. And I appreciate that. And I know that many of you are as well. But if we want our young people to find their faith, to grow in their faith, we have to invest in them. And then finally, we have to create an environment of unconditional love, just like Matt was talking about uh, a few minutes ago. We have to create a space where children can come in and they know that no matter what happens, I'm loved. No matter if I get it right, I'm loved. If I get it wrong, I'm loved. God loves me and the people in this church love me and they support me. This summer, we've been doing something called Life Together. And although that program, that emphasis is getting ready to end, that doesn't mean that we stop doing life together. We have to be engaged side by side, shoulder by shoulder, engaged in this. And when we do that, when we do life together, that tells everybody that's a part of this body that I belong. I'm a part of something bigger than myself, and I matter. We have to look out for each other. The second thing that we can do to, to create that atmosphere of unconditional love is that we can extend grace. Because I don't know about you guys, but ever since I got saved, that doesn't mean I've done everything right. I make mistakes all the time. You know, we, we look and we, we see where we want to be. We see where God's calling us to be. And we think, man, I'm just gonna be, it's going to be a straight line there. But that's not how it works, is it? We stumble and we trip and we fall and we have to pick ourselves up and we have to clean our skin knees and we have to try again. We have to do it over and over again. And so we have to give each other grace. And that's what we do. Every time someone walks in this door, I don't know what you've been struggling with this week. I don't know how many times you got something wrong this week. I don't know how down you are on yourself, but I love you and I'm going to give you grace just like God gives us grace. And then we got to reach out and make connections. You know, we live in a society that is more connected than it's ever been. I can, I can get on my phone and I can contact someone on another continent if I want to at the push of a button. And yet, we're so connected, but we feel so alone. And it's lonely. It's lonely sometimes to, to feel like I don't have anyone here beside me. Even though we have friends, we have people that care about us, all too often we're we're ashamed or, or we're, we don't want to share. We think it'll be too painful. We don't want to put that burden on someone else so we don't share what's going on with ourselves. And it just feels so lonely. So I'm encouraging you, reach out to the other families in this congregation. Reach out to the other families that live in your neighborhood. Reach out to the other families of your coworkers, and just let them know that we support you and we love you. School is a very stressful time. Matt touched on that. He talked about how anxiety is rising in, in our young people. But I would say it's not just our young people that are dealing with anxiety. You know, I, I would say even our older folks are dealing with it more and more. We get so anxious. We're, our, our, our coils are wound so tight that it just feels like that pressure is building up. And so before we close, I just want to add one thing from Scripture to remind you of something when you become overwhelmed when your schedule is exhausting, 
when you feel like I can't do this, when you feel like I don't know the answers, when you feel like I can't go any further, remember this, Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31. It says, God gives power to the weak, and He gives strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles if you're from North Bullet, or maybe a Mustang if you're at Moore, or, 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 a, crimson, or a ram if you're, if you're a crimson. But they will rise up. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I want to pray as a church for everyone involved in this and, 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 and just ask God to open your eyes. Say, God, how can I help? You know, show me when someone is struggling so that I can reach out and encourage. Show me when someone needs a word of wisdom. Show me when someone's confused so that I can speak life and wisdom into their life. And if we will all do that for each other, then there's nothing that we can't overcome. Father God, we just come to You as a church family. Lord, we are praying over our educators. We're praying over our parents. We're praying over our students today because we know that this is such a defining characteristic of their life. It's a large project and we need Your help if we are going to succeed. So Father God, I pray that You would just open our eyes. Help us to see those who are struggling. Help us to see those who need a word of encouragement, Lord. Help us to see how we can be a benefit and we can support those who are engaged in this. Father God, I pray that just everybody in this room would feel that unconditional love, would feel that grace, would know that I have a whole room full of people that are praying for me and pulling for me and rooting for me to succeed and to be the person that God has called me to be. So Father God, I pray that you would just help us. Guard our hearts. Protect us from the attacks of the enemy. Guard our minds. Help us to deflect the lies that the world tries to implant in them. And God, guard our spirits. Help us not to become discouraged, but to, Lord, look to You and to rely on You. Because, Lord, if we try to do this by our own strength, we are doomed to fail. But we don't have to do it under our own strength. We have You, Jesus. We have Your Holy Spirit here to guide and to comfort us and to walk through us, to walk through everything that we face with us. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I told you it'd be a little bit shorter service than usual, but we're not done yet. As I mentioned, we had a couple students that came forward and they felt like it was time to, to make a public declaration of their faith. And so today we're going to end our service with a little bit of a celebration. So in just a minute, we're getting ready to go outside. And please, nobody leave. When you go out to the parking lot, don't just make a beeline for your car thinking I'm getting to the buffet extra early today. No, come on out here. We've got our, our baptismal pool set up over here between the, the sanctuary and the church offices. You'll see it over there. If you'll meet with us there, we have a couple students. And like I said, I cannot think of a better way to begin a school year than by declaring my faith in Jesus, that Jesus Christ is my Savior and that I have new life in Him. So if you all will join us out there, um, we're going to be headed that way. Uh, if you are getting baptized today, just line up here on the sidewalk. You'll see.